Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, everybody. I am glad to finally be back on a part of a podcast. I have been gone for far too long, but welcome to Chasing Tales Outdoors. My name is Walt, and our hope with this podcast is that we inspire you to, to chase your dreams a little harder, get off the couch, and get outside. And we, we kind of hope to do that by bringing you awesome stories from across this country, across the world, if possible. And uh, we just hope that that, you know, motivates you. You get up, you go outside, you enjoy the outdoors because no matter where you are, there's something you could be doing. There's some season you could be pursuing. And and uh, that's that's what we're all about here. So I am joined by my co-host, Chase. Dude, how are you? Man, I am doing great, brother. I missed you on the podcast. It was uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird just sitting there because I did several episodes by myself and I'm like, I wonder if the people listening to the show are like, man, when's Walt coming back? <laughs> we got this dude, man. <laughs> what, well, what are we going to do I, with this guy? I was like, I guess we'll put up with him for a couple of weeks <laughs> till the yeah. star gets back. So. Yeah. My, one of my buddies asked me, like, do you think people are going to think Chase, uh, Chase, this is his podcast now that you've been gone for several weeks? <laughs> and and I was like, nah, they'll be good. And I was listening to the episodes, and you 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 kept saying, you know, Walt, my co-host, who's gone? I was like, oh, okay, all right. So they know, like, <laughs> right? Because I don't think we ever really announced that I was leaving. You know, um, no, we didn't. We didn't. No, uh, not really. Not very many people knew that you were when you yeah. were going to Colorado. Sure. So I. They could have just been like, oh, maybe he's out in Colorado. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's tending to some family <laughs> business. Just can't make it. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, we kind of had some of that there. Uh, I was supposed to be back last week, and that was a an awesome episode. If you, if you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to the one uh, that we dropped last Tuesday. It was an awesome episode. But uh, I am back with the land of the living. I'm 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 back with the podcast. Uh, hopefully. Uh, indefinitely now maybe it's your turn to go uh chase something and i'll hold down the fort yeah man yeah i don't i'm, I'm i don't have a problem with that <laughs> <laughs> well we, we've got an awesome podcast i think this might be the most excited i've been for a podcast in quite some time so let's tend to some business before we get there this podcast is brought to you by tethered you've heard us talk about it before you know that Chase is using a, a a saddle for the first time this year. This will be my second year using the tethered mantis, the tethered uh, I'm sorry, the tethered predator platform as well. You know they've got a bunch of new offerings from their Versa straps and some other things that they've dropped the uh, the Predator pack, which is a a pack to put your predator in. Go check them out. It's www.tetherednation.com. And uh, let those boys know we sent you, and uh, be sure if you got any questions to send them over to us. And if we don't know the answer, we will uh, we'll get you in contact with the pr- people who do. If you're looking at the website and you say, "Dang, that Predator platform looks awesome," well, here's how you can win one. We've only got what two weeks left. We said we were gonna give it away this quarter, so that the end of September. Yep. All you have to do is join our Patreon account. What we're going to start doing, we've said this before, and we'll say it again here for you in case you're new to the show. We have a Patreon account, www.patreon.com forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors. Don't worry about writing that down. 
It's in the show notes. You can just click in the show notes and go right there. The money that you donate through there goes directly to support this show, the travel costs, the operating costs. We've got big plans for the show. As you all know, if you've seen our YouTube channel, we're cranking out videos. I hear a rumor that Chase uh, may be starting to tow the camera here shortly. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more in a bit. But uh, check it out, patreon.com, Chase and Tails Outdoors. And consider joining. And if you do, we're going to enter you to win a Predator platform that we're giving away here in about two weeks. So you don't have to wait. If you order one, you can get one right there from us just by joining our way of saying thanks. And thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers who have joined and have been supporting the show. That It is much appreciated that to you guys would choose to do so. I don't. Th- it, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's all the business. I'm rusty, man. I'm really rusty here today. That is, man. That's it. That's, <laughs> I think that's all we got for right now. Yeah, yeah. Give it time. <laughs> we'll have some more exciting stuff coming down the pipe for sure. But uh, guys, I am proud to say that this episode is one of a kind in so many ways. This this episode is the first documenting firsts. There are so many firsts going on here that uh, it makes you wonder if you're going to get a second. But uh, we're talking about some recent success that Chase had. And success is an understatement. We (laughs) We shared a photo of Chase's buck. If you haven't seen this already, you must be new to the show. Go find us on Facebook. Chase shot a dandy of a buck. It has, in my eyes, gone viral. And today we are here to tell the tale of Chase's first kill from a saddle well, and there's a lot more first, but I'll let Chase kind of talk to you about that because it's kind of funny how this played out. But, dude, congratulations on a stud. I cannot wait to unpack this story and share it with everybody. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I was uh, I was a little surprised myself uh, whenever <laughs> it happened. So <laughs> Surprised it happened? Surprised it happened as quickly as it did? Just not – I mean, surprised kind of that it, it came together on the, sure. on the first hunt. Because generally, yeah. like you were talking about, there's a lot of firsts, and and I have never killed a buck on uh, opening day, which I consider my opening day is the the fir- on the first hunt. Uh, I wasn't sure. able to get out to the woods on opening day. Unfortunately, I was uh, working some overtime at work, uh, which which pays more than the podcast currently. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patreon.com. Yeah. Go ahead. Pays more than the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so I work, I, I, and I knew I was going to have to work that Saturday anyway. So I wasn't even. It wasn't like I was just shocked by that news or anything. So I wasn't even sure. planning on going out uh, on Sunday or on Saturday, uh, open a day, and I knew I wouldn't be able to get out that morning either. But the Let's, let's go back here. We Let's go back to about two years ago. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of set the stage here. About two years ago, there was a, the spot that I'd found. This is on one of the, the leases that I hunt. And I found the spot, and there was no good way to get my current setup in there, which would have been like the lone wolf at the time. Like I was using a lone right. wolf setup, lone wolf sticks and everything. But every tree in there was just a massive oak tree. I mean – any tree even close was just huge. I mean, you couldn't get any of the straps or anything around the tree. And at whatever point height you wanted to be hunting at, there was no way you were going to get the lone wolf in there either because of all the weird angles and branches coming off and all that as well. So I had like this cheap Walmart like double ladder stand. And I knew I could get it up in one of these trees or one of these big oak trees in this certain area, which was, I was trying to play the predominant wind uh, for the, for basically the season. Cause we get a lot of uh, East winds uh, during the season. So I figured, okay, well this tree over here, I'll be good. A lot of the times uh, when I want to come in here, I wasn't planning on hunting it that much, but I sure. had, it was a spot where I had a camera running a lot and I wasn't hunting it incredibly a lot or anything like that it was there was it was a mix because i would have deer that kind of move through that area and nothing ever stayed like i may get a picture of a buck one time and then he may disappear for the rest of the season uh there was i mean there's a lot of does kind of working that area as well but the the only thing constant really was the does in that area that season Uh, but there was a time probably in november that there was a day that probably I had about eight or nine bucks pass through that 
spot one morning. And there must have been a hot doe in the area is the only thing I can think of. And one of them was just an absolute stud. I mean, he was a nice, wide, uh, eight-point, big, mature body. And he was in there a couple of times that morning. And like I said, that was the last time I'd, I'd seen him. But I knew that that area w- was producing deer. I just didn't – I never thought that I would be able to get one on a pattern in that spot. So the next year I go back in there, I'm – I set up again, and I never caught anything good at all on camera in there last year. Um, absolutely. I mean, everything was just young deer. A bunch of does, a bunch of young bucks. And it, well, I, Actually, I take that back. I had one mature buck that passed through there, and he was kind of regular, but he was never there in the daylight. And that my buddy, who also hunts in that club, he actually ended up killing that deer in the first couple of weeks of October chasing does. So I was like, well, there was the, the one mature deer that I actually had in the area. My buddy ended up taking, which I was super pumped for him because he had never killed anything with any size with his bow in Florida. And he's been hunting 20 something years, uh, in Florida. So I was super pumped for him and I was like, okay, well, cool. That, that deer's gone. And I've, I'm just going to keep watching the camera. That's, that's a lot of what I do is I focus on my trail cam picks (laughs) for those areas. I put cameras in certain areas and then I'll just go in and monitor them from time to time. And that's whenever I decide, okay, I'm going to go in uh, for the hunt instead of just burning up the spots. Uh, my nor- Just my stationary stands. There's a lot of places in there that I'll just do random setups that are good, especially during the rut and stuff like that. But then there are a few little places that I just like to have a stationary stand because I only live five minutes from the place. So if I want to go out and be in the stand, it literally it, – it, I could be in the stand from my house in like seven or eight minutes. <laughs> so that's kind of convenient which is sometimes. Ridiculous. Yes. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I'm very fortunate to be able to have that uh, as well. But anyway, so that, that stand's been there for a couple of years and fast forward to now, we now have, and I have a saddle. So I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? Uh, I think I can use that stand as my climbing platform or my, my climbing system to be able to get up into the tree. Because there was another probably four or five feet that I needed to get up in this tree to get to this area where I could just needed to hang my, where I could hang the saddle. So I got a couple of screw in steps, put a couple of screw in steps in it, probably four or five days before the season started. And I got up into this V in the tree and I was, and I took my saddle up there. I'm like, okay, can, can I make this happen? Uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to use the platform, the predator platform, uh, because of how, how the tree was kind of set up in that spot. But I knew that I could get the the saddle system set up. And there was actually, it was funny because I kind of sent you a pic and I think you posted it, is like I could yeah. put my foot in the V of the branches and then there were a couple of old knobs that went around the tree that I could step on as well to kind of serve as my platform, which I was like, okay, well, this this right here will work. Uh just like a platform. But when I was up, I did realize though, when I was out hunting that day, that it's not as comfortable when you're standing on the tree as you are the platform. That's one of the beauties of the platform <laughs> uh, that I did notice. Cause I was like, man, I kept kind of going back and forth and then I'd put my knees in the tree. And it, it did take a little bit of time getting used to the saddle because of how I had to adjust my tether height because there wasn't it was kind of weird, and I was like, "Oh, this is." I was like, "Oh, this is kind of what they're talking about when they talk about uh, pinch, some saddle pinch, because sure. it wasn't set up perfectly." But I was like, "Well, I'm just going to kind of keep playing with it a little bit." And I, f- I finally, while I was out there, kind of got it set up to where oh, I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm in comfort mode now. This isn't too bad." Sure. But so f- fast forward to this season, I put a camera in that spot. I had uh, I baited it up a few times just so I could catch some stuff on camera, and I had this eight point coming in and he was coming in consistent, but he wasn't really coming in consistent as in he was always coming in and early in the morning, or he was always coming in on the evening time. He would be right. in there at 2 AM one day. He fast forward. He might be there like five minutes after dark the next day. And there was never, and there was only like once where he had showed up in like good daylight, which was a weird time. It was like nine forty-five or 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, one time. And then I had several other bucks in there. There was another wide seven point that was in there as well uh, that I was considering uh, taking. He was 
had a, a big old body on him. I was like, and he just looked mature. Like he, he had that mature look to him mm-hmm. as well. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got two targets here that if I'm going to go in, uh, those were the basically the only two that I'd seen that I was considered taking. But if something else had decided to pop its head in and was a, was a nice mature buck, then I was going to, uh, I would take that as well. So that's kind of how it got started to where, okay, I've got a buck to focus on for my first couple of hunts. Um, I'm still kind of, I mean, I've got cameras out on another property. I've got cameras out on that property. And as of right now, that was kind of the only thing pulling me. uh, So, so quick question. This is something that uh, people have inquired about. Would you have been able to get a lone wolf in like a, like a lock on into the tree that you were in? at all like where you were sitting because somebody put put pointed out on facebook that it looked like you could have been in that tree uh where you were in a lock-on no no i could not because last season i actually tried to put a lock-on in that spot and it would not work okay and it was it's it's at a it was the the picture's kind of deceptive but it was at a pretty good angle the the way it was set up or the the way that branch goes off, it kind of goes off at an angle, and okay. it the there was it w- it would not have worked because I tried it. So that's <laughs> okay. I can. I thought you touched on that on the podcast, but I wanted to emphasize it because I think that photo was a little deceptive. It kind of looked like there was enough space there, but right. Um, yeah, yeah. It, so. it 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 there was not. It's just the picture doesn't do it justice to what it had actually looked like. <laughs> sure. Um, because if there was, I would have done it before I, I've, right. I tried it. So, um, that, that wasn't the case, but yeah. So no, no, I couldn't have got a lone wolf in there. The only, like I said, the only thing I could have got in there was either a, maybe a taller ladder stand, which I don't even think I could have got that in there in the saddle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because of just, just how it was set up because it was more on the inside. I was on a, I was on a branch that wasn't, that was going off the main trunk that would have been, that was a ways away from where the actual ladder was. So the, the ladder stand will only been able to go up to that one main branch that would have been hanging over it. So I'd only been able to go up a few more feet and it actually would have done, wouldn't have done me any good, uh, to be honest with you. I'd have been kind of more exposed where I, where I was in that tree. I had like back cover, a little bit of back cover. And then I actually had some cover in front of me, like limbs and stuff that were coming up. Um, cause my buddy, uh, whenever we were covering the deer, I actually kind of showed, it. I was like, I was sitting over there. He goes, Oh, wow. That's, that's a good, he goes, that's a great spot. <laughs> He's like, it's got his cover. It's, it's up pretty high. I think I was up maybe 17, 18 feet, probably somewhere right. in that, like to where, uh, my feet were, were probably about that height. Um, so it was a okay. decent up there. Um, I, I don't think I maybe could have gotten a little bit higher, but I think it would, I would have had to have set up differently. And I don't know that I could have got the predator up there either. So I, I kind of just was like, okay, this is going to have to be it because this is what I've, I've got to work with. Gotcha. Okay. That makes total sense. Type deal. So, but anyways, so let's move on to, uh, so I had this deer on camera. Like I said, uh, yep. I decided that, and with that spot, I knew that if I had a east wind, a north east or an east wind, or even a south, like south would have been fine, which it wasn't a south that day, but any type of uh, easterly wind would be great. Anything out of the west would not have been good because of at least what the camera was telling me, how that buck was coming in. It seemed like he was always coming in uh, from the south, and it would have been southwest of the where I was at. And I thought that if I had the, if I had the wind going that way, he would have busted me from a long shot, but he actually ended up coming in from a little bit different area than I thought he was coming in, but not too far. Um, but he, if I had a West wind, he would have definitely, he would have busted me. Right. Uh, n- no doubt. But the one good thing about that evening was it was one of the cooler evenings that we've had in a little while. And the wind was consistent. Like it was just a steady. What? Probably, I know it's crazy. The wind was actually consistent, and it was a steady, probably five to ten mile per hour wind. And I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" Because walking to the stand, you know, in Florida in the afternoon when you're walking to the stand, it's like ninety three, ninety four degrees at five five thirty ish in the afternoon. 
when I was walking to the stand, I was like, ah, and I, I got a little bit hot walking to the stand, but nothing crazy and getting, getting set up. But then the constant breeze and I was in shade because that tree is a huge canopy. So I, it's, at least I'm in shade and I didn't have the sun bearing down on me, uh, the entire time, right. but the breeze was awesome. And I was like, man, it's just, I hope this breeze keeps up because I've got like a perfect wind right now, uh, for, uh, for how I'm set up and where I'm set up. And I knew that I didn't need to go in if it wasn't right, because just, I've, if you don't have a good constant wind, it seems like here a lot of times that your scent kind of goes all over the place. Um, oh yeah. It'll, and, and, and you're already, and you're already sweating <laughs> a, a ton. <laughs> so that doesn't help either. Yeah. For sure. No, it, that, you know, a consistent wind down here is, is a godsend. The fact that that happened perfectly for you, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> well, I, I tried to go hunt this morning and I didn't have a good consistent wind, so I didn't yeah. go. Yeah. Like I was telling you, uh, <laughs> uh, that it was, it was like hardly no wind at all. And the little bit that was, was opposite of what the, the weather channel app was telling me it was. So I sure. just, and there was a deer that I was after that I'm like, well, I'm not going to chance sitting here, uh, with this wind because I've, I've done it before where I played the marginal stuff. And then, like you say, you, your scent starts banking in one second, it's banking down one second. The thermals are taking it up the next second. It's going directly over where you don't want it to go. Um, so it's just, it, it doesn't really work out well <laughs> for you as I found out No, on probably uh, what would have been my biggest archery buck ever. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think, do you, is your philosophy uh, being that you're hunting private, being that you've kind of got some control on this, is it uh, that if the wind and the conditions aren't right, basically you're big buck hunting, right? Like you're, you're not going to just go into an area and be like, well, you could come out from any direction. You kind of have an idea of where they're coming from, um, you're kind of in tune with the area and that's why you're, you're being so selective. Yeah. I mean, I've been hunting this place for the last, I think this will be my 12th or 13th season out there. So I've got a oh, good okay. grasp <laughs> of like kind of the deer movement and what they're doing. And I, I've just done myself a disservice going in before and chancing it. And I, sure. I don't want to do that anymore. I, I figure I'm better off. Uh, like I told you today, you're better off just scouting, just getting back somewhere and watching from afar and, and seeing what you can get or seeing if you can get on something. Because if, but if you, I mean, if you don't have a deer in mind, then I don't see that being a problem. And a lot of places that you go, you're, you could be set up, but you're set up, you're like, well, a deer could come from anywhere. So how can I play the wind if a deer is going to come from anywhere? I knew there was no deer going to come from behind me because I was probably 50 yards from like a, a open pasture where, where cows are grazing. Um, so I knew there was no deer that was going to be coming from behind me. So that's why I like that wind the way it is, because nothing is coming from behind me and nothing ever has come from behind me, especially in the evening time. Now I have had stuff in the morning time come from that direction. And in the morning time, it's a different story. It's, I need a different wind <laughs> in the morning time for the most part, because of how, where everything's coming back through. But for the evening time, I needed that good, consistent, uh, east wind, northeast wind. Uh, which uh, helped me out a lot in that hunt, for sure. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting how much you're able to, um, I guess, manage your hunt. You know, that's something I don't get a whole lot of an opportunity for because I hunt a lot of public, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 the, 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 the dynamic there shifts so often. It's always fun to, to, like, discuss strategy with you because, for me, it's enjoyable to hear the other side of things. Um but I also learn a lot when I listen to you because there's such a, you've got such a history with these places that, you know, patterns become re uh, repetitive. You know, when deer are going to show up, we'll talk about, you know, one of those that that's probably the most routine deer you have that shows up every year, almost the same time. Right. Um, actually this year he's kind of early, but, uh, it's, it's just interesting to hear you in Florida, which is something you don't hear a whole lot of is people being able to kind of pattern an area. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it, I think it's just, it comes with time. <laughs> like I've just sure. got so much time out there and I can pretty much, I mean, and it's pretty regular. Like I always, like me and my buddy, we always get excited. He's like, oh, early rut this year, early rut this year. Look at all this. But then yeah. it still hits in that same exact time frame, like year <laughs> after year. I'm like, dude, when are we going to yeah. learn this? There's, there's, there's not an early rut here. <laughs> 
this is what this is when the this is when it goes down. This is the time. Mark your calendar. <laughs> Be in the stand these two weeks. Yeah. The, at the most you can because this is when it's going to happen <laughs> and i and with my other property which i've only been in this is my third year i'm i'm learning those things and i'm documenting those things and going okay this is when i really need to get excited and to get out there and make sure i'm putting in the time as opposed to i'm going to hunt here hunt a little bit there just kind of work with my cameras a little bit if something's coming in but it it, it is nice and i mean i, I hunt some public land as well and i know <laughs> the struggle on public land <laughs> um especially some of these public land quota hunts where you only get a three-day hunt and they yeah. give you one day to scout beforehand um which is kind of crazy to me but that that's really kind of difficult and then there all bets are kind of off like i'm like well i think the deer might be coming from this way i don't really know i'm gonna set up here and if they bust me they bust me um i'm only gonna be hunting here for three days <laughs> so it's not like my season's riding on it or i want to bump this monster buck out of here and never see him again <laughs> it's really doesn't matter um and as in one of the areas i'm hunting i mean it's th- there are some like nice mature bucks in it and i mean i'd love to take one but to be honest with you i think it would be more i mean it'd be a little bit of okay I've got an idea of kind of what deer do and stuff like that, but I think it would be more luck if I killed a big buck out of there. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be going, oh, my God, I'm the best hunter ever. I figured these deer out. I'd right, be like, well, right, right. okay, I kind of read some sign. This is what the sign told me to do, and I sat up there, and a big deer came out. <laughs> but it could be the sure. opposite. I could just have does, and, oh, look, it's a four-point. Oh, look, it's a spike. I mean, it, it could be the same thing. I don't have any cameras out there. Or, I mean, nothing like that. And the last time we hunted it, it was – around hurricane irma and it hurricane irma had everything messed up in there and i think i saw a couple of deer on, on the three-day hunt and they were does um, but the, the funny part was is there were scrapes and rubs everywhere <laughs> like me and my buddy could not figure that place out like there are rubs and scrapes everywhere but i mean nobody was seeing any deer and the, i mean for that whole that whole little area over there my buddy hunts like a big management area in that same uh within 10 miles of there and it's one of those ones where you you pay a fee and you can hunt there the entire season, but it's still considered a management area because there's like two or three hundred people that pay the fee uh, to be in right. there. And he, it was like the worst season he ever had. I mean, he didn't see a buck Ooh. the entire season. All he saw were some does here and there. But I mean, there were so many wet spots too. I mean, it's, this is swampy areas and stuff. Um, like a lot of his stands were, you couldn't get to them because they were underwater. <laughs> right. Uh, stuff like that. So. Um, that, that makes it difficult, but the private land, like I said, I'm very fortunate that I have a couple of private areas to be able to hunt. And this, this area where I kill this deer, I do have competition. It's not like I'm not the only one out there. Uh, I think there's eight of us probably on this property. Uh, it's one of like what people in Florida is a hunting club, basically, um, where eight of us pay to be in there and you get, like I said, we, we can take so many bucks out of there a season. We have... A little bit of antler restrictions, but not much, because <laughs> it's, it's mainly it's a bunch of older guys. Like I'm the youngest guy. I think I'm the youngest guy in there. But we got quite a few guys that are in their 60s <laughs> that that are a part of the club and they've been in there forever um, as well. So it, it's just one of those ones. It's, it's a deal where it's managed a little bit, but it's not. We're not putting in big food plots or have like a feeding or management program, like a feeding program, protein, any of that. Um, right and we and we never have i mean i've kind i've kind of tried to talk to some of them they they didn't even have any type of doe management in there for the longest time like they were uh, of the opinions like you don't shoot does (laughs) wow so they're like no we don't shoot does then we finally got them to be like okay you can shoot two does a season (laughs) i'm like you realize that i can sit and see like 40 does in a sit sometimes (laughs) at certain parts of the year that's crazy uh, and and my buddy could be sitting somewhere else and see twenty, <laughs> so it's there. There is a huge doe population on that property. I'm talking about huge doe population. Um, yeah. And we've tried to get permits. Like we tried to get the guy that manages the the club because he works for the company uh, that owns the property. And he sometimes he'll say, "Oh, I'm working on it," but then he kind of says they're a pain, and it just it just never pans out. So that's that's just one of my. I mean, it's. A property, I mean, there is potential to have big bucks at certain times of the year because there are so many does. Right. And it, during that, like I said, I was talking about that two-week time period, anything could show up. I mean, I've seen, I mean, I missed this deer, but I have seen deer that are in that 140, 150 range pass through there from time to time. 
Um, it doesn't happen often, but I have seen some absolute giants come through there during the rut. And I don't – who knows where they came from. I've never caught them on camera or anything like that, so I just assume they're in right. there for those that little bit of time and then they move on uh, to somewhere else, get away from the pressure. Because it doesn't take long when you got eight guys. Once muzzleloader starts and you got eight guys in there <laughs> for like a week and a week and a half, then um, – a lot of the the deer sightings start to go down for for a little bit of time there until that kind of that kind of is the case on any club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it ebbs and flows. Yeah, no doubt. And then once all those guys get out of there, and I'm still hunting at the end of the yeah. late season, then the deer are out there moving freely again. So it's great. <laughs> and I just move on to my other properties once the pressure gets high in there. So, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, I, I, that's the difference. That's a little bit of difference is I've got the experience. <laughs> in that place to be able to kind of predict. Uh, And I, and I know kind of what to expect during bow season. Um, Because I mean, I've killed one other decent buck during bow season. I mean, I've killed my fair share of your uh, like basket rack bucks and stuff like that in there as well. Back when I first started hunting. Um, But, and to be honest with you, like I've said before, I don't I, I don't see mature bucks during bow season for some reason. It just just doesn't happen. I mean, I start like I said, I start seeing them during muzzleloader and a little bit during rifle because uh, they're out chasing does and stuff like that. But to catch one on a feeding pattern is whoo, that's tough. <laughs> oh yeah, here in Florida for some reason, I guess they're just loners and they don't want to be around all those other deer uh, until it's time. But. Um, well, I think I think my favorite part of like the whole backstory to this is you and I talking a week before the season, and you know the season's starting to creep in. You're getting a little antsy, not you specifically, but you know anybody. You start to get a little antsy. You you kind of start to like daydream towards like what would it be like to kill something this year, and you're like you know I've never killed something and open a weekend, you know, <laughs> and then here you go. Walking up in, in the place like you own it, and uh, you you have I think the best start to any season to date, and and yeah, I'm curious. You know, to, let's just do this the way we would a, a regular guest. Okay, you're walking into the woods. What are the expectations? Just kind of take us through it chronologically. What happens? Okay, so going in that evening, my expectations were not super high to be honest with you <laughs> like you know i was talking before it's like sometimes you just feel like you're gonna kill something well yeah. going in there i was just kind of like well i've kind of seen some stuff on camera they kind of been showing up nothing consistent but i mean it's the first weekend i've got a good wind uh, i'm gonna give it a try um, because i think that may be my best chance because there's they're, they're literally unpressured like no one's been over there hunting. I haven't been in there that much, like just to kind of check the cameras uh, ever so often, just to see what's kind of moving through the area. So I'm walking in. I'm like, well, this is going to be a good chance for me to get set up in my saddle, uh, actually do a full hunt in the saddle as opposed to just sitting in the yard with it, sitting for five, ten minutes, moving around, taking some shots, stuff like that. And I was like, I'll actually get to kind of experience some of the stuff, what some of these people are saying about hunting out of a saddle. So I get set up in the stand, and like I said, I was initially trying to get my uh, tether um, right because I was like, well, I'm getting a little bit of pinch, but nothing crazy. It wasn't, like, uncomfortable or anything. And then I was just trying to, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to sit? Because when I was standing on the tree for an amount of time, I was like, ah, this is a little bit rough on my feet. Um, so I'm like, and I would brought knee pads. Uh, I have to throw out a uh, shout-out to uh, Adrian Wilson. He's the one that – uh, told me what kind of <laughs> knee pads to get and uh, sent me a link for those. But so I'm like, I'm, and I had played around with them before and I kind of liked the idea of just sticking your knees into the tree <laughs> and, and leaning back. Yeah. Um, and then using the, um, what's that called? It's the uh, back thing for back band, the back band. I was, I was like, I'm just going to use that and lean back and kind of be like, okay, almost kind of like a hammock <laughs> where, where you're leaning back on that. Uh, I, I had that uh, set up, so I just sat back and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to see what's comfortable. How do I want to? How do, do I want to stand? Do I want to sit? What do I want to do with some actual time sitting here? And I kind of I moved around a little bit, but I wasn't moving around a crazy amount. Uh, and it wasn't where did you? What's that? Where did you settle? Did you were you a leaner or a sitter? Uh, I sat for a lot of it, and then I really? stood up. 
Okay. I sat for a little bit. Well, the the reasoning behind that is because I had it set up to where all my shots were going to be from my strong side. So okay. I could get settled into the tree and not have to like barely have to move a little bit to grab the bow where I had my bow set up and mm-hmm. my knees would be locked into the tree. And like I said, I had done some practice um, scenarios before that, drawing the bow back and stuff. And, and even in the yard, I felt real comfortable just locking those knees into the tree. And I felt real solid to where I could take a shot. So that that's why I was kind of like that because where it was at, it was kind of thick. Like the little area that you could see um, was open, but everything else was thick. So most of the deer were going to be popping right out on top of me. It wasn't like I was going to be able to see them coming from a ways. Like there wasn't going to be a lot of time for me to um, get ready. So I just kind of wanted to be set up for the most part, ready to take a shot if I had to. Right. But I was up and down a little bit. I would stand up for a little while. I don't I don't, I don't say I was ever leaning. <laughs> I was kind of standing okay. either straight up or I was back or I was sitting down. But I think with a platform, I like to lean. Um, Interesting. So it's just, who knows? I, I'll, I've, I Once I get more experience in it and <laughs> sits in it, then I'll be able to say for sure what I like <laughs> to do. It, it could change from hunt to hunt. <laughs> It will. Um, it will. And how Some long, of it's tree-dependent. Right. And I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't sit still for a super amount of time. <laughs> so I'm going to have to move around a little bit. It's like, oh, like uh, Fred Barrett, your best camo is sitting still. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not that still. I mean, I can sit in the stand for a long time. I can stay on stand for a long time, but I can't just sit there and do nothing for a long time. I've got to kind of be moving around and, and doing stuff. Just to just to stay alert, because <laughs> I don't want to fall asleep in the tree in that saddle, for sure. It's comfy enough to do so. People don't realize it, but it's it's super comfy in a saddle. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There was times in my yard where I was like, oh, I could take a nap right now, uh huh, because um, of how what, what, how Bo, I set up. Bo on the last podcast is like, you know, I get there an hour before daylight and I lean my head on my tether and just go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you know, it's there. It's definitely there. But so I was I was sitting for a little bit. And then I had this little doe that came out. She kind of fed around me for a little bit. I think I posted it. I was like, oh, first deer, first deer of the season. And it was a tiny. <laughs> like, she had almost lost her spots completely. Like, she, I could see a little bit of spots on her hams, um, basically. And she came out by herself. And I was like, and it wasn't a button buck or anything. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. And she probably fed for 15 or 20 minutes. So I sat still that entire time. But. Never looked my direction, didn't have a clue. I was in the world. I, I had a great wind. Um, she fed around for a little bit, and then she ended up leaving. And probably 10 minutes or so after that is this mature doe comes out, and she had a fawn with her, and the she kind of came out and was kind of investigating, feeding around a little bit, looking around, and the fawn actually bedded down uh, a little bit in the woods, just kind of sitting there licking herself, looking around, didn't have a care in the world. And I knew when the big doe came out and she had no clue I was in the world and I was good. You know what I mean? Like the big does always seem to bust me (laughs) when the wind's not right or questionable or anything like that. So, and she wasn't on tilt, really wasn't on tilt or anything. Because a lot of times they'll come in on tilt and they'll stay on tilt for a while. They're real nervous, like something's going on. Uh, And the the good thing is I can kind of sneak into that tree and I don't have to step over any of the areas where a lot of the deer are going to be. So I think sure. that helped some. And she she kind of worked around for a little bit, and then she kind of walked off for a second while her fawn got up, and she came out there and was moseying around for a little bit. And then she came back, and there was a third doe. A third doe came out after her, a little bit smaller, probably, uh, probably a two-year-old doe or something. And they were all just kind of moseying around, feeding a little bit. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, well, at least I've seen some deer. <laughs> I didn't get skunked on my opening hunt. That's because that's, that's what I always fear is like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get skunked. And I've sat here for three hours in the evening time. I mean, it's still fun being out there. And I'd actually, uh, right when I first got there, I saw a bobcat, like a little, uh, it was a young bobcat. It was walking really? through the woods. Yeah. Yep. It just was moseying on through the woods. Uh, probably about. 35, 40 yards from me. I could just see it in the woods walking around. And I've there's some big bobcats in, the, in that place. Oh, yeah. Because um, I've got a few <laughs> that I've killed in there. <laughs> but so 
the bobcat went on. Like I said, they're out there feeding, and I'm like, okay, cool. I've got the does out here, and it was early. I mean, it was still, at this point, probably still an hour or so before dark. So I was like, okay, good. I was like, well, we got some deer movement. And a little side note, my buddy Drew, uh, who I hunt with, and that's the guy I went out to Kansas with, and he hunts in that club, he was hunting as well. So he, he, remember, I t- he's like my hype man. He's the one that gets me pumped for everything because he's always pumped <laughs> about everything. Um, he's texting me. He's like, hey, man, you in the stand? I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay. he goes, dude, I feel it tonight. Something's going down. One of us is going to kill something tonight. I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> he's always optimistic. Oh, though, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one. If he hears a grunt, then it, he's expecting a 150 inch giant to step out, <laughs> even in Florida. <laughs> And when he doesn't, and when he shoots one that's not 150, it probably was, wasn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was. He's like, oh, he'll sit, he's like, one of the, he sent you this, the text. I'm still shaking. Like, dude, I'm still shaking. It's a giant. And then you get there, he's like, uh, it's not as big as I thought it was. It's a forking horn. Yeah, it's still a real good deer. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's great, man. I'm glad you're that pumped, man. Yeah, it's, that, yeah. that's freaking awesome. So he's texting back. We're kind of texting a little bit back and forth, and he, he's like super excited, and because he was excited because of how the wind was and it was cooler because the spot he was in, he was in direct sunlight and he's like, man, I'm not even oh, wow. sweating, man. Th- this, this wind is awesome. I'm like, yeah, it is. I said, I've got, I've had some deer out in front of me and none of them are spooked and uh, it's, it's been great so far. So the does are sitting there and all of a sudden I look, I can see through the woods. There he is. He is standing probably about, 10 or 15 yards away from where the does was, but he's in some thick stuff. Like I can see his head. I've got no shot at this point. He's probably 30 something yards away, but I've got no shot. But I mean, there was a little window, but I'm like, no, I'm not chancing a shot (laughs) on this deer in that window. (laughs) Too tight. A lot can happen. I could hit a branch or anything like that. And he wasn't on edge. Like a lot of time I've, I've seen bucks and I've seen him sit there and stare at an area for like 20 minutes and not move just just sitting there staring not moving uh just listening putting their head up in the air trying to uh catch some wind of anything and he and he came into that area and he was just kind of moving around he was hitting a few little uh um, branches and stuff like that and i was like oh i was like well he's not uh he's not on tilt or anything but of course at that point my heart's like racing at like 120 or 130 beats per second when I first lay eyes, like as soon as I first lay eyes on the deer my heart rate gets high and then it takes about a minute or so for it to go back down like it's like okay I have to I was like all right calm down uh, there, there's no no need to get panicked or to rush or do anything like that because a lot of back when I first started hunting I used to rush a lot because I was like oh I don't have time I need to do this I need to do that and I think a lot of it was just lack of experience and never hunting before with anybody to kind of show you the ropes it was more of just sure. oh shoot this is I've got to get this done I've got to do this um so I, I now that I've got some experience I don't I don't have a lot of experience but I've got some experience and I'm like, okay, calm yourself down. So I calmed down, and he, he kind of stayed in that spot for a little bit. And the does were looking at him, and he, I thought he was going to walk away, to be honest with you. He, he kind of turned, and I was like, uh, I was like, but I was like, oh, I was like, he might be circling to come in like how he had been coming in on camera because he had always come in from this one side on the camera, like pretty much consistently. And I'm like, well, maybe he's just going to circle, take a big circle around and try to get downwind of that area before he comes into the area. But – Nope. He just circled around and decided, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm just going to come straight in. So he comes moseying on in. The does are on edge because they see him. Unreal. They kind of bound off. like when he, But it doesn't bother him at all. I'm, I'm sure he's used to that. And they, they bound <laughs> off probably. I have a similar effect on the ladies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all butt whenever they see you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so they bound off a little bit, but, I mean, they didn't haul, they didn't haul tail or anything. They just kind of bound off a little bit and, like, turned back and looked at them. Yeah. So he comes right on in and just kind of looks around for a second and then goes to kind of um, feeding a little bit. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, now's my uh, – <laughs> This is my chance. And I already grabbed yeah. my bow. I'd already, as soon as I saw him, the instant I saw him, I'd already grabbed my bow because I knew he wasn't looking at me. The does were looking his way. So I was like, okay, here's my chance. I'm going to grab my bow. I'm going to get ready. Right. Um, and I knew, and I was already in position to take the shot because I'd already set up because when those does came out, 
I knew I needed to be set up uh, to take the shot because I didn't want to be moving around a lot. So he comes right on in, puts his head down, feeding a little bit, and I'm like, all right, now's the time. So I draw back, take the shot. Um, he kind of jumps up. He doesn't really tuck or anything like that. He, he kind of jumped up and just hauls it, like hauls it at a, a severe angle. Not really – he didn't go back the way that he came in. He just started running the direction he was facing, like on a beeline. And I had seen the entry hole because I'm shooting one of those cut-on contact broadheads, one of those sever broadheads, uh, so you get a hole, like a good entry yeah. hole and exit hole. And I'd seen the hole, and my initial thoughts were, I was like, okay, it looked like I was a little back. Like, I thought I was like, it looks a little back. Like, I'm thinking I was like, maybe back, lungs, liver. Um, Just from initial, what I first saw when I took the shot. He hauls butt, and I'm listening. I'm like, okay, now I need to listen. I need to kind of look, see which way he's headed, which way he's going. He runs off, and I'm listening, and then probably four or five seconds, I hear this loud crashing around. Like, I'm like, okay, it sounded like he went down. I was like, it sounds like the deer went down. And, I mean, this all happened within five, six seconds of the shot. Right. And right now it's, what, 7.15, still 45 minutes before the the time that he normally had been coming in, like around 8 p.m. Because I thought I was going to get a shot at last light, to be honest with you. That's when I figured I was going to get my opportunity because that's what the cameras had been telling me is it, when he did come in in legal shooting, because he was coming in in legal shooting light, but, I mean, it, it was probably where you might not have been able to see good uh, right. through your peep sight. And I probably and I wouldn't have taken a shot on him if I couldn't see good. Uh, but I was hoping, I was like, well, maybe. And we had had some rain come through earlier uh, that day, probably a couple hours before that, and it rained briefly for a little bit. And I've always had good luck, like, after a rain, um, it seems like. So I don't know if, who knows, maybe that helped him get up a little bit earlier. Uh, we had just had a full moon, and I've always had good luck uh, in the evening times uh, around the full moon, it seems like, the, right. of them showing up earlier than normal. So at this point, then I'm I'm texting you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I just <laughs> shot a buck on my first hunt in the saddle. Because I was telling you, it's like, I'd seen a lot of people post online, it's like, First hunt in the yeah. saddle, killed a deer. And I'm like, yeah, are you freaking and, and, kidding me? All these people are killing deer their first hunt in the saddle. I know, I know. I was like, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to be – I was like, I probably have to hunt the entire bow season, and then I'll muster out a kill on something uh, at the end of the season. Because yeah. that's how it seems like it always works for my bow season. Oh. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm texting you. I'm texting my buddy. I'm like, oh, my God, I just shot a buck. And – He's like, man, I wish you could see the smile on my face right now, dude. I'm super pumped. <laughs> um, and then he yeah. had, and then he had had some deer that were coming out on him. He had deer that were coming out on him. He actually had a small. It was a four point that was out trying to chase a doe because he heard some grunting. Like I said, he heard some grunting, and of course he's like, uh oh, big boy's coming. Um, which a funny story with him. He broke his hand about three weeks ago, <laughs> and he's in a cast. Oh, same buddy. Same buddy. He's in a cast. Well, he's hunting with a crossbow. And he's like, oh, man, I feel bad hunting with a crossbow. I'm like, dude, you have a broken hand. Like, you have a legitimate reason to be hunting with a crossbow. Um, And nothing wrong with hunting with a crossbow. Um, He just loves hunting with his bow. That's his favorite thing to do. And he'll still hunt with a muzzleloader rifle, but he just loves bow season. And he's been down in the dumps. Uh, like for him to be moping is it's hilarious when he mopes. He's like he's like this little sad little. He's like, uh, he's like man, I never knew what depression felt like until I broke my hand like right before bow season. <laughs> he's like it's real, man. I swear to God, depression is real. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's terrible. But right. It's still funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, dude, don't worry. Get a crossbow. You're still going to be able to hunt. Um. So yeah. he was out. He's been out there. He's been hunting. Uh, which is good. That's what I'm, I'm glad that we have that where you can hunt with a crossbow. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, um, he saw some deer. I mean, he didn't end up killing anything. Um, that was, he's seen that buck and some does and stuff that night. Um, and he had had been having some stuff come in on his cameras and things like that as well. So that's kind of why he, and like I said, we both had a great wind. (laughs) Like we both had a great wind for our spots. Right. Uh, that night. So I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) sit. Uh, for a while, I was like, well, you never know. Another buck could come in. <laughs> in Florida, you can take another deer uh, on the same four. day. <laughs> well, not you can't take four in the same day. Well, you yeah, can yeah, take yeah, two. yeah. I got what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. You can take two in the same day. 
But I, yeah, I was yeah. like, well, I'm not even going to shoot that other deer now <laughs> because right. I've shot this other one. I was like, unless a giant comes in or something, which was very far-fetched. But I knew I needed to sit because I was thinking the shot was a little bit questionable. So, And I was even telling you that. I was like, oh, and I couldn't yep. see the arrow uh, at this point. I don't shoot lighted knocks or anything, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell where the arrow was. But I was like almost certain it was a full pass-through because I couldn't see the arrow in him uh, at all. He was running off, but I couldn't really see his other side. How right. he ran up, but I couldn't see anything sticking out. Um, all I could see was that hole. So I sat for a while, and then my my buddy was like, "Hey man, just wait for me when I get down. Then I'll help you uh, do the recovery. I'll help you search for right. the deer and all that." Which was great. I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome." Which was fortunate because apparently I had taken all my flashlights out of my truck and had none. So when he got oh, there, no. I was like, "Hey dude, do you have any flashlights?" Because I'm I was like, "I'm gonna have to drive home." Which is fortunate, it's not that far. Uh, to get one, but he had a spotlight and a couple of flashlights. So it ended up working out great, uh, for that. So I wait on him, which like I said, he hunted till basically last light. Uh, once he got down, it probably took him another 10, 15 minutes to get to me. So at this point, before we started searching for the deer, it probably was about an hour and 15 or 20 minutes before we started searching for the deer. I had already gotten down and found the arrow, um, you know, the arrow was just, it was just stuck in the ground at like almost flat at like at a flat angle stuck in the ground. So that's why I couldn't see it. Wow. Um, and I didn't even, I wanted to get out of there like a different way than I came in because I didn't want, if the deer was still alive or something, I didn't want to spook them. Um, so right. I just kind of went, I didn't even go out the way where I would be able to pick up a blood trail or anything like that. Um, I didn't even look for any blood. I just looked at the arrow arrow had decent amount of blood on it and I went out and waited for him. We went in, and I'd left my arrow where I'd hit the deer, and then the the track do, the track job begins, <laughs> which is always fun <laughs> at night. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So we start finding. It was weird because we start finding just little bits of blood, like little drops of blood, and I was like, ah, I was like, well, I, I mean, I, I hit him a little bit back, but um, I, I would have thought we would have had more blood than what we had for a while. But right. and I, but I'd kind of seen the way he had ran. And like I said, I, I heard a crash. So uh, if you a lot of times, if you hear the crash, that's usually them going down. Um, right. Sometimes like if they run off, and a lot of them, sometimes they'll just bed down. It wasn't him bedding down. I mean, it was a loud noise um, from where I was at. So I was pretty confident that he was dead. Um, it was now it was just a matter of following this little bit of blood trail that we had, and we probably it probably took us a hour and fifteen minutes on the blood trail. Um, just finding little drops of blood here and there. Like there was never any just like gushing blood or anything like that. And I was a little worried for a second. I was like, man, he's just not bleeding good. But my, I, I just kept going, okay, you heard him crash. You heard him crash. So we kind of, he ran out into where he ran out at. There was, there's a little section of planted pines that were probably planted three or four years ago. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer at this point. They're probably eight or nine feet at this point, maybe a little bit taller. Uh, right. But there's a lot of brush in all the rows. Like it's all dog fennel and briars and everything else. So it's not like you could even scan the area in there and be able to see them because it's just thick stuff. So right. we right. had taken the blood trail to there, and that's where I thought I'd heard him crash anyways. I'm like, I think he crashed in the, that area over there. So we finally, like I said, we get on the blood trail good. We get to that area, and it's still, and it's and it's even harder to find some of the blood whenever it's so thick like that. <laughs> but we kept finding it, and he had kind of weaved a couple of times in the pine trees, and we finally got in an area where it looked like he was running up against the pine trees, and we were starting to get a lot better blood at this point. We're like, okay, there's good blood, there's good blood, and he was just hitting those pine trees all the way down. And we're walking down that row, and we had probably gone like 50 yards or 60 yards down that row, and that's when we started finding good blood. And we went, and I kept, we just kept going back and forth. Like one of us would stay at the blood, the other one would look for blood, and we just kept right. moving in, in that kind of uh, pattern. And I sat at this spot, and then my buddy takes like four or five more steps with his light, and he goes, there's your deer. There's your deer right there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God, thank goodness, because like I said, I was a little bit worried from the blood trail, but I knew, like I said before, I, I heard the crash. And sure enough, it was kind of where I thought he would have crashed at. I just didn't think he had gotten that far in the, in the amount of time where 
it just makes you go, okay, well, he was moving fast <laughs> whenever he was running off. Yeah. He was getting it uh, for sure. And the blood trail, I mean, we probably blood trailed him for about, I would say, 125 yards or so. Wasn't, it wasn't one of those ones where you, you're like three or 400 yards of tracking the deer. Um, it was probably about 125 yards um, from where I first shot him at to where he ran to. Um, and the weird part was, is he had, he busted off one of his G2s when he, when he crashed right there. Cause when I went to, when I found him, I was like, I was like, what the heck? I was like, cause I know he did. He wasn't busted when I shot him. <laughs> cause I looked at him good before that. I was like, oh my goodness, this deer's busted off one of his G2 and his G2s were like nine inches long. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, dude, what the heck? What? I was like, man, I was like, we've got to find this G2. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I was still super excited. I was taking pictures with the deer. And I think my buddy actually ended up stepping on the G2, which was like five or six yards away from the deer um, at, r- right there. So, we were, I was just as pumped as finding that as I was finding the deer. I still can't believe you found that busted time. We were, that we, just cracks me up. We were jumping up and down whenever, we, whenever my buddy <laughs> found that busted time. Um, but, I mean, but the weird part was is where he felt – I mean, there was blood everywhere. It looked like a massacre whenever he fell down. But really? looking at the shot, the shot was higher than I thought it was. And it wasn't as far back as I thought it was, but it was higher than I thought it was. Um, and I think I just hit top lungs going through. Right. Um, on the deer. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely looks back in some of the photos. So if you guys see that, it that's the exit wound. That's definitely not the entry. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. He was at an angle when I shot him. Right. Um, for sure, and it, like I said, it definitely hit the lung. I mean, he only went, like I said, he went 100 yards, and he crashed within five seconds. So, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I definitely hit something vital. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. – the funny part was is about – probably about the – well, it was actually the day before bow season calls. One of my buddies from work called me, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm with this group. We're doing this. It's like a, it's like a tri-county uh, big buck contest. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it's where they have a, a archery season, a muzzleloader season, and then the rifle season. And then they have a winner for each season. And the winner, like of archery season, wins like uh-huh. bears, uh-huh. top bow, stuff like that. And the muzzleloader wins a muzzleloader, rifle wins a rifle, and then they have an overall winner. So I was like, oh, okay, well. And he had told me what had won last year because of <clears throat> they didn't have a super – amount of people that entered it and it's only this area so it's not like it's the whole state of florida uh and you oh, had wow. and you had to have bought the ticket before the season that season starts so it's not like you can kill a buck and then buy the ticket afterwards like you had to buy it before the season right. started so i bought three tickets one for each season i was like oh yeah sure i'll go for it whatever you never know what might happen anyways so at that point but when you do that you have to take the deer to the process to this processor and he has to he keeps the uh, the antlers, the head, and the, the cape till the end of archery season, and then the FWC comes in and measures all the deer that they have. And then that's how they decide who the winner is for that season. And then he's a decent buck. I don't know that he'll win, but from what I heard one last year, I got a good chance uh, at winning. So I was like, well, I'll take it in. Doesn't really matter. Um, so I took it into him, the guy, and he's a processor. And at that point, at that point, by the time it took me to get to him, because he was 30 minutes away from where I was. And after we got the deer loaded, it was 1030 ish, 1045 by the time I got it to him, uh, that evening. And uh, he met me there. I think they was, he was already open. He had somebody that was working there that was doing a lot of the processing because it was opening weekend. So he was like, we are just jam packed, super busy right now. Right. Um, so, and then they weigh the deer and do all that stuff for a tiebreaker. So I was like, ah, I was like, just go ahead and process it. <laughs> just, I don't want to have to go home, <laughs> go clean the deer, get a cooler. Um, this is, well, it was late. What's I mean, that? It was late. Yeah. 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 By, by the time, time I would have even started and I had to work the next morning by the time I would have even started cleaning the deer, it probably would have been uh, eleven fifteen, And then I would have had to have gone and gotten ice and everything else at that. So I probably wouldn't have been done till like one o'clock in the morning. I would have, I would imagine, uh, with it. And then I was like, well, it doesn't matter if I kill something, if I don't kill anything bigger or whatever, then I just, I normally do all my processing myself and everything else. So I'll just do the rest of the deer myself, or if I kill any does or whatnot, I'll just do the rest of myself. So I had him just go ahead and do that for me. 
but yeah, man, it was a, it was a great start to the season. I hope it continues. <laughs> uh, I, you like, normally when I, when I start or normally when I'm hot during the season, I stay hot. When I'm cold, I stay cold. So it's just, it's just one of them deals. We'll see if it, uh, if it works out, uh, that, that way for the rest of the season. Um, and it, and it was interesting. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention was, is now we have the tag system for Florida and we have an app we have to register the deer on. <laughs> and I had loaded the deer and I'm like, Oh wait, I've got to register this deer on the app. I can't, um, I'm not supposed to take it anywhere before, <laughs> before I register it. So I hopped on the app. The app's pretty, uh, easy to use. Got the deer registered. I mean, it asked a few things if it was on public or private, how many points it had, what county you were in, what zone you were in like five or six questions, uh, that were on there. So it was pretty simple. So it was kind of cool using that app for the same time too. So that was the first for me. It was the first to kill a buck on my opening hunt. I've killed does before on my opening hunt, but I'd never actually killed a buck and to kill, uh, the buck that I had killed, um, was pretty sure. special. So I'm not, I, I'm trying to, he may be my biggest archery buck for Florida. I'm not really sure. Um, I've killed bigger stuff with my muzzleloader and rifle, but, um, if not, I have one other one that I killed about four or five years ago. That was a real nice eight point as well. But I, th- I think he's actually just a little bit wider and a little bit taller. So um, it was good, man. I was I was super pumped, man. I was, uh, and then you were super pumped for me as well, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> I, I I couldn't sleep, dude. I was so I was so amped. Like I was. It, it's one of those things where you know last year was tough. For a lot of for for both of us, right? Like that was not a like you said. You have your hot years, you have your off years. Right. I don't think last year you'd consider a, a hot year for you. No, I mean I killed um, deer, but I didn't kill. Yeah, uh, I didn't kill any of the deer I was after. I mean I killed some right. cold deer that we were uh, trying to take out of the herd and stuff like that. But I had nothing crazy. Right. Um, last season. So for you to for you and I to have that conversation, for you to be out there with all these different firsts, you know, being in the saddle, all this stuff. I think my favorite text though was like. I should have had a camera. I could have got it on film. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I could have, have a camera. You just need to get a camera on now. <laughs> I could have uh, caught yeah. it on film. I mean, the way it worked out, I mean, there was no doubt. The way he came in and everything, I had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. I had plenty of time yeah. to get it on him. And from where I first saw him at to where I shot him, I wouldn't have had to move the camera very far. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. And he, like I said, he wasn't on edge or anything. He just came in, like, not a care in the world, uh, which was great. Um and definitely played to my advantage for sure. So, and then oh, yeah. we also had the tally of who was going to get a deer out of the saddle first. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the winner of that was Adam Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he said like chase by three months and, and uh, he, he's definitely got me right now. So I've got three months right. to, uh, to, to kill a deer from the saddle and prove Adam wrong. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So far. Well, I mean, we had people that said that I was going to do it first. But they didn't put any marks or, or when it would happen or when you would kill a deer right. out of the saddle. Right. Um, and you're at a little bit – a lot of your spots are a month behind mine anyways. Yeah. No, I'm uh, still sitting at uh, six weeks from my main hunting season. I might go blind on some public here, but, um, you know, it's – my my hunting season really doesn't begin until October 24th or something like that. Right. 26, 26. Okay. So, wow. I know. It's a long ways out there. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's a little bit, but like I said, you, there's a couple areas you can go to and go ahead and scratch that itch. Yeah, uh, yeah, and be. some people have shared some spots with me, so I'm not going like when I say I'm going blind. I have never stepped foot on the on the piece of 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 land, but other people have you know dropped some pins on a map and been like you know if I was you, I'd start in this general area. You right. know, so uh, it always helps. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does for sure. So. That uh, hopefully I can scratch that itch this weekend and get after it. Uh, but dude, I tell you what, man, you do not get the nickname Iceman very, very easily. <laughs> and I think uh, first saddle hunt opening weekend, uh, you, you kill one of your target deer. I think uh, you, you get to keep it for this upcoming year. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I did not give myself that nickname. I got that nickname at work. <laughs> so yeah. I th- that's one of those that you, that can be taken from you at any point in time. So that's true, uh, man. Stay, that's, stay, that's stay true. on top of your game. I still, but I still, <laughs> I still have the uh, Iceman mentality. 
yeah. or well, that's what my friends are like. He's like, man, if he was like, because we were talking about Top Gun or something like that, and I'm like, yeah. you would definitely be Iceman. You're Iceman for sure. I was like, no, man, I want to be Maverick though. I don't want to be Iceman. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be Maverick. They're like, nah, you're just personality and everything. Just screams Iceman. <laughs> that's it, man. But, that's it, yeah. dude. Well. What do you say we put a cap on this Joker and uh, send them off with with a with a closing? Let's do it, man! And uh, hopefully we'll be having a podcast soon of uh, your first kill out of the saddle. That'll be great, and and maybe uh, a few more kills for me as well. All right, dude, it could it could happen Sunday. How funny would it be? Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jinx this inevitably. How funny would it be if we both killed deer? From our saddles, the first time this year on the first sit. Yeah, it'd be Both epic, on man. a Sunday. Both on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, that would be cool, too. I- I've never really had – and the other thing is, I've never really had luck on Sunday, either. Sunday has Me probably either. been <laughs> – like, if I was Warren Womack and I was keeping track of days yeah. that I've killed deer, yeah. Sunday would be probably one of the bottom ones. I, I mean, don't think I've ever killed a deer on Sunday, to be honest with you. I think I've killed all my deer, like, during weekdays. I used to – in college, I used to do a lot of hunting during the weekdays, and that was – those were my productive times, so. Okay, yeah, I mean, man. I've killed some. I'll be, I mean, I have killed some, like, that second day of muzzleloader or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's not, it hadn't been, like, a super productive <laughs> day for me. But I can hunt a lot during the week because of yeah. where I work and stuff, so that's where I get a lot of my stuff done during the weekdays. <laughs> well, guys, I am thrilled to have brought you our first success for the 2019-2020 season, and if any previous season is an indicator, Chase is on a warpath at this point, and you can expect at least three or four Pope and Young Florida Bucks to be killed <laughs> uh, by the end of this season. And, uh, I wouldn't go that what, far. <laughs> I, I want something from you guys, though. I would love for you to send us messages, flood our inbox on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, tell us if you want Chase to start uh, filming his adventures, because on these hot seasons, there'd be a lot of footage, and he's got just about all the equipment he needs, so there's really no excuse, so shoot us some <laughs> shoot us some messages. If I get enough get- messages, then I, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> oh man, Chase and Tails Nation, do not let me down. Blow up our blow up our inboxes and, and let's get Chase behind the camera. But uh in the event you don't want to do that, at least do this. Leave us a rating or review. Tell somebody about the podcast and get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. And until next time, y'all be good. Once in a while, it's fun to go with like just full blown redneck on these fish. This is like high tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9 30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.